1: I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on 5th and Mission, coronavirus cases may be waning in the Bay Area, but suddenly there's a lot for people and families to think about. Within a matter of days, children ages 5 to 11 could begin getting vaccinated, meaning many could be done with their shots by the end of the year. Meanwhile, California Governor Gavin Newsom on Wednesday got a booster shot in Oakland, and there's a lot of questions about how people should be getting boosted. And with Halloween on Sunday, we're into the holidays, raising questions about whether we need to actively avoid yet another surge of COVID-19. To talk about all of this, let's welcome back to the show Aaron Alday from the Chronicles Health team. Aaron, have you gotten a booster shot?
2: Not yet, but I am planning soon, yes. How about you, Damien?
1: I have not, but I would love to. (laughs) I would love to have have my whole family get booster shots. So we we will talk about it. But Aaron, let's start with children getting vaccinated. A lot of news this week. What is the latest?
2: So the latest is that a a key uh, FDA advisory panel. So they're the group that kind of looks at all the data and tells the FDA what they should do about vaccines. Um, They did their first analysis of uh, vaccines for the five to 11 year old age group, which is the next age group to kind of be lining up. Um, and they gave their their endorsement. They told the FDA, yes, the the kids in this age group should be um, allowed to get these vaccines. Um and that was that that basically triggers now a regulatory path where it will now go. The FDA, you know, is likely to to go along with what this panel said sometime within the next couple of days. Um, And then after that, the CDC takes it up. And once the CDC kind of gives their stamp, then you pretty much immediately, you've got doctors and other providers will start giving out those shots.
1: So that's like next Thursday or Friday?
2: Potentially. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And what shot are we talking about here?
2: So this is just Pfizer. Pfizer was the first to kind of get through this whole process to apply to the FDA for permission to start giving to this age group. Moderna, I think, has some data and will probably be following up, but for now, it'll just be Pfizer. The data looks really promising um in that age group. They these kids didn't have any in, in clinical trials, the kids didn't have any really bad um, outcomes, side effects. It was very similar to what we saw in older kids and adults, you know, sort of that, you know, headache fatigue that some of us know about the the pain in your arm. Um, and they had, you know, good good immune response. So they had kind of a similar um, you know, kind of triggering of the immune response that we see in again, adults and older kids. Um, and, and early studies show that it's about 90, 91% effective at preventing illness in that age group.
1: Okay. So two shots of Pfizer, probably what, a smaller dose. And then a lot of these kids could be inoculated then by the, the late season holidays.
2: Yeah. So it's a, the dose is a third the size of, of the adult and an older kid dose. Um, and so, yeah, so it is a smaller dose, but otherwise it's the same. So it's a, it's a two-shot Regimen um, separated by three weeks. So yeah, I mean, if we have kids that that start getting vaccinated, you know, next week, um, they could be fully vaccinated, and I, and I mean, both shots plus two weeks out in time for for Christmas, right? Which would be great if families are thinking about travel, if they're thinking about getting together with you know grandparents and great grandparents and cousins and doing sort of large events. I think that that will give a lot of families a lot of reassurance.
1: All right, you started to talk about potential side effects or that at least they've been testing for in these trials there is that argument you hear out there that the benefit to kids from inoculation is not significant enough to require vaccination that there may be side effects what what are people saying about that what are the doctors saying
2: I think what it comes down to is it's a lot more sort of nuanced question and issue with that age group because this these these kids under age 12 and this goes all the way down to you know 1-year-olds you know, have a much kind of lower risk from severe disease, severe illness from COVID. They're a lot less likely to end up in the hospital, to to end up in the ICU. We have far fewer deaths from COVID in that age group compared to other age groups. And so because it's not as serious with them, you have to kind of take an even closer look at the potential you know, what they call adverse outcomes from vaccines. So so a really bad kind of side effect from vaccine, you have to be really thoughtful about that because the last thing you want is for a very rare negative outcome of vaccine to become, you know, suddenly you're seeing more kids having a bad outcome from vaccination than they would from covid um, and so the FDA did an actual, a pretty thorough analysis, some modeling on that, and tried to take a very conservative look to see, you know, if there was a positive risk benefit ratio. And pretty much across the board, no matter how they looked at it, it, it worked out in favor of getting vaccinated. That no matter what, you know, it was it was on the whole beneficial to vaccinate that age group than to not vaccinate. Um, they they were paying particular attention to this very rare condition called myocarditis, which is inflammation of the heart muscle. We've. Seen Seen a few cases of that in sort of the older kids and young adults, especially with males. And so there's a, there, there's definitely that's the key thing they're paying attention to with this little kids. It's so rare that they didn't have any cases show up in clinical trials because those were only a few thousand kids, and it's rare enough that you would only really spot it once you start vaccinating millions of kids, right? So the thinking is we're not really going to know if that's an issue or not until we start vaccinating those kids. And it's just, we just have to keep our eyes out and be, be very kind of, you know, careful about, you know, looking out for those kids and making sure that that really isn't something that's going to be a problem. But so far, everything that we've seen suggests that it won't be. And again, you know, we're we're more worried about COVID in that age group than we are about the potential for this, this very rare side effect.
1: Got it. I, I think a lot of people also are going to want to know whether this will impact masks at school.
2: Um, I will say that the state has has recently said that they're not even going to reevaluate the masking in schools until the end of the year. Um, you know, next school year. So I think the state's thinking, you know, we're just going to start rolling it out to this, these five to 11 year olds, you know, over the next couple of months, we need to see what kind of uptake there is. In the meantime, we could potentially be in another winter surge situation. We don't know what transmission. So I get the feeling they don't even want to start talking about that until they just feel a lot more stable. They have some more consistent data and they know kind of what they're going to be looking at in the long term. And masking, I mean, I think, Part of what we're seeing in California is masking really works in the schools. We're not seeing outbreaks. We're not seeing schools have to close, have to shut down. Um, the masks seem to be doing, you know, a pretty good job of keeping those cases low in the classrooms, which which lets kids keep going to school.
1: All right, Aaron, I want to get to booster shots. But first, a quick break on fifth admission and a reminder about our listener survey. We've gotten some great feedback so far, but we still want to hear from you at sfchronicle.com.
0: That's shopify.com slash system.
1: Welcome back to Fifth Admission. I'm Damian Bulwood, joined by Chronicle Health reporter Aaron Alday. Aaron, I got the Pfizer vaccination. Do I need a booster shot? Should I be looking to get one? So
2: you do not need a booster shot, and probably it would be premature for you to get one. Um, Right now, the people that it's—there's kind of two groups— that are, are really authorized for boosters right now. And there's one group where it's recommended, they're told you should get a booster. And that's people who are 65 and older, people who live in like nursing homes and other congregate settings, um, and people who are 50 um, and over who have serious um, medical conditions, underlying medical conditions. And then there's a second tier that they're saying, you can get a booster, you're eligible for it. If you wanna get one, you should get one. And those are frontline workers and sort of people who may be at high risk of exposure. So, so I don't think that you would necessarily meet any of those criteria. Obviously, it's it's a little confusing because the, especially that that frontline worker category or, or the high risk category. Um, that's a little bit you know of a judgment call. And what I'm talking to you know when I'm talking to folks, nobody's nobody's asking for proof. It's all just sort of attestation. You go in, and if if you feel like you you need that or you want it, it's going to give you that security you know, they're, they're not encouraging it, but you, but you certainly can do that.
1: All right. There is a lot of confusion though, right? I mean, where do we stand on this and why are public health folks and the governor on Wednesday sort of pushing boosters right now?
2: Yeah, it is super confusing. Um, and you know, frankly, the, the there's a lot of, of, of critique now of how this played out on the federal level. Um, there was a lot of sort of, you know, several weeks of, of different messages coming from the president's office, the White House coming from the CDC, coming from the FDA, just very public disagreements. Um, and then, of course, we had the Pfizer boosters approved first, and then we had, you know, Moderna and Johnson & Johnson off until a few weeks later. So for a while there, it was just, I mean, there was just so much nuance. It was really hard for people to understand who needed them and also to understand if they really were important or not. And so I think what we're seeing now is, it is it is simpler in the sense that, you know, basically any, anybody who got Johnson & Johnson should get a booster. Just done and done. If you got Johnson & Johnson, get a booster. It doesn't matter what kind. It doesn't have to be another Johnson & Johnson. The whole mix and match thing is totally fine now. So that's why Governor Newsom, he, he went ahead and got a, a Moderna booster. He had been vaccinated initially with Johnson & Johnson. As for the other ones, you know, it's it's just hard because the messaging has been so confusing. I think we're trying to make it simple. And what I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of public health folks is they're very concerned now because especially in those high-risk groups that's 65 and older and the people with underlying conditions, they're kind of confused enough or just not getting the urgency that they're not getting boosters. And so San Francisco, for example— just told me that only 20% of their 65 and older population has gotten boosters, which is kind of not great coming into what could be another surge, because those older adults definitely have waning immunity, um, and they could end up becoming infected and end up in the hospital. They could end up with very you know serious illness. They are protected still. Um, the vaccines hold up actually really well. But, you know, they go from about like ninety percent protection against hospitalization to 70, 60% protection. You know, that's not an insignificant loss, and that does put that group back at risk, especially if we're coming into the holidays. They're gonna be going out and about more and mixing, you know, with with other kind of group with other groups. Um, and so there's just this real urgency now to just tell people. Look, whatever you've heard, if you're 65 and older, if you have a medical condition, if you're if you're worried, if you think you could be at risk for COVID, go out right now and get that, that booster and don't kind of second guess it. All
1: right. I want to be clear, though. When you say the effectiveness is going down a little bit, that is the passage of time or that is the, the mutation of the virus?
2: That's the passage of time. So our vaccines are actually holding up really well against Delta. Delta breaks through more. it's 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 complicated. Delta breaks through more because it is just so infectious. it kind of infects us. It hits us with such a a high viral load that it just sort of breaks past our barriers but are our, our the actual kind of recipe, the, the, the makeup of the vaccine holds up just fine against Delta. So that's, that's not the issue. The issue is that we are actually, there is some waning of immunity. So those vaccines are sort of fading. They're losing a little bit of their effectiveness over time. And so we need that third dose to kind of get that, that back up where we want it, to get those, that protective level back up where we wanted it before.
1: Okay, Aaron, let's switch gears here to the holidays, the winter. Last winter was really bad. I mean, we had this surge that eventually led to a lot of cases and a lot of deaths, and it was a terrible time that really set us back. Are you concerned and are doctors concerned about this season?
2: Yes and no. Um, nobody I, talks to, I talk to thinks that this year is going to be anything like last year. So last year was awful. I mean, it was just we had, I think— a third of all the deaths in California happened in a two-month period um last year. So in in like December, January. So I mean this year too. So a third of every COVID death in California happened in just two months over last the last winter surge. So nobody's expecting that. Our vaccination rates are just are just too high. I mean, it's great, but they, you know, they just are too high. I mean, San Francisco is is on the verge of reaching 80% of its total population fully vaccinated and so that's just a dramatically different situation than we were in last year. Um that being said, you know, I think everybody's sort of bracing for some kind of uptick in cases um and we just the problem is we don't know what that's going to look like. We don't know how that's going to play out. Last year was so bad, we were so badly burned um and we've you know, we've never been in this situation before with a very highly vaccinated population, but we will have Delta, but we will have, you know, last year we had people not gathering at all, right? I mean, yeah, people were sort of, they were getting together for Christmas, even though they were told not to. But now we're basically telling people, yeah, you should get together. You should see your family and friends, Um, try to be safe, but go ahead and, and do these things you need to do. And we kind of don't know how that's going to play out. So I think everybody's anticipating. That there will be, you know, some kind of surge or will be some sort of maybe maybe more like a swell in cases. Um, And so we need to be thoughtful about that. But we just you know, it's just a lot of uncertainty at this point.
1: But sadly, Aaron, aren't we going to see the biggest effects still in the unvaccinated over over a season like this where people are getting together?
2: You know, I think so. Yes. I mean, that would make sense. Although it's I think that's a really interesting question, because one thing you'll see when a population gets to really high vaccination levels. So I think like Marin County is a good example. They're almost almost 100 percent of their eligible population is vaccinated, over 80 percent of their total population. And what you'll see is actually most of their cases now are in vaccinated people. But that's just because everybody there is vaccinated. Um, and so, yes, we're gonna see the worst outcomes still in the unvaccinated groups for sure um there yeah there, there is no doubt about that, but I think one of the concerns is that you know if we get a lot of transmission, if we don't get good uptake and boosters, that we might see some people who are vaccinated and not boosted, that they might be sort of these casualties from from another surge that they might you know unwittingly end up you know infected and end up with with very s- serious illness. Um, if if we see kind of uh, you know another big kind of spike in transmission,
1: all right, Aaron, let's leave it there. Thanks for coming back again to the show.
2: Thanks for having me again, Damien.
1: Thanks to my guest today, Chronicle Health Reporter Aaron Alday, Tatea Francesca Price for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.